Well, good morning, everybody, or good evening, or whenever you're listening to OzBuzz. Uh, I'm Ozzy Jurok, and I have the privilege to have uh, a great community builder in the area of Surrey and the sub-area of Wally with me. Uh, Sharan Sethi uh, came uh, from England via India into Canada, started as a machinist, reinvented himself as a realtor, builder, and now developer. Welcome to OzBuzz, and tell us a little bit about your journey. Thank you, Ozzy, um, for having me on this uh, show, I say, um, and um, it, it has been an amazing journey for us, um, uh, being a machinist and then uh, getting into uh, sales, uh, then getting into development, uh, starting with a single family from one to six to eight, then townhouses and now into condominium building and hopefully early next year we'll be into high rises. So it has been an amazing journey. And there's a very short time of about 12 years. Wow. So it is amazing. I mean, I'm, I'm preaching always, we're growing into our own future best. Boy, that's quite a jump from machinists to maybe high rises. <laughs> I, I think it's uh, all what you want to do, one wants to do. I think that's where it comes to. And I'd, I'm happy at what I do. And, um, and I think um, um, the timing for us has been absolutely phenomenal. Um, and uh, having an opportunity to go into a place like Wally and total, do a total redevelopment is a phenomenal opportunity for anyone, uh, provided they believe that they... That's right. They you had to have the vision, right? You had to see something there that nobody <clears throat> else saw. I mean, it's funny, it's easy to say that, uh, later on how good it is. Today, for instance, you look at Vancouver, Yale Town, it's the place to be. We forget that 20 years ago, nobody wanted to live there. And we have many areas like that in the world where it takes an innovator and a thinker and a visionary. And you were that guy. You went into Wally and slugged it out. I mean, what sort of are the challenges of developing a so-called tough area or bad area? I think, uh, again, I'm, I'm always a, a guy who looks at the positive things of anything than the negative. Uh, uh, still reminding myself, yes, I have these challenges to deal with, such as homeless people. We had somewhere between 100 150 homeless people in the area, um, camping in, on the road, streets, and um, uh, littering, and um, uh, breaking entry, those sort of things, challenges. But the, but the area actually has a lot of history behind it. Um, people forget that. People tend to focus on negative part of it, and the same as Yeltown. Yeltown was probably much worse than Wally yeah. ever was. Uh, was. <laughs> and um, prostitution, yeah. murders, and yeah. drugs, and so forth. And you're right, um, it's, uh, Yaletown is where people want to be. Today, yeah. Today. But somebody had to have that vision, and that's the same with Wally. I mean, when you started out, there really was no Surrey city center yet, per se, right? You had to have a, a vision of the future development. And I know that you believe in being transport-oriented development, uh, transport-oriented developer, right? Your units have to be close to, to uh, major communication, and Wally had that. Uh, transport-oriented development is probably one of the most important things all over the world. Uh, public transportation is the key. The next generation, besides us old people, uh, they they don't like the they don't want the cars. They don't want the headache of owning a car. They don't want to pay for the car. Yeah. Uh, they don't want to have to take the care of the car uh, because if they're close to public transportation, they actually use it. My daughter lived in Yale Town. She got rid of her car 
against my will. So even, yeah. even though I said to her, I'll pay for the insurance, I'll look after it, i do this. She said, no, dad, right. there's public transportation, I can walk to everything. Yeah. So our Wally development is like that. Exactly. They can walk to pretty What's much it about seven minutes to the stage. It's a five seven minutes yeah. walking distance. Depends how fast you walk. Yeah. I can do it in five minutes, <laughs> um, and you can be downtown in forty minutes. So yeah. it's as fast as a car, if not faster, without the headache. Yeah. You can sit on SkyTrain, relax, and be yeah. downtown. It's no question. And I mean, my grandson is the same. He says, "Why would I have a car, Opa? You know, he says I can rent one for eighty dollars a day. It includes insurance and gas." And so, ah. Maybe it's not uh, not such a silly idea, but the key also was you were able to assemble the land at a at a more reasonable price. Although there's no land that's reasonable in the city of Vancouver, but you were able to, because of the you know the tougher feeling, you were able to get it at a price which then allowed you to build an affordable unit. I remember I was a judge at the Fraser Valley Building uh, Awards, uh, and you won several awards uh, because of uh, from the Fraser Valley Real Estate Board Commercial Division. And, uh, and then, of course, you started, you not only just built regular condos, you looked further afield and became even more innovative. Yeah, so um, while we're selling out Quattro 1, 2, 3 building, a database of buyers waiting for more units to come along was about 18,500 people. And we started looking into the database and saying, why aren't these people buying? You know, what are we missing here? So at that point, we decided to take a look at what the income levels are, or possible income levels are. Of course, you know we don't know that we're kind of guessing, um, and the guessing paid off because we figured out so many people registered they couldn't afford to buy because their income level is somewhere between sixteen to twenty-five dollars an hour. So what we did was we worked out the equation backwards and say what can they afford? What is the price they can afford? So we came up with uh, the um, microsuite, yeah. the project called Balance. That was the first in Canada, wasn't it? <clears throat> it, it was the first stratified. Yeah. Now, people all around the world have been building microsuites down to 100 oh, square rental. feet. Yeah. Uh, but nobody's ever really in North America done stratified, which means ownership. They've done uh, rental buildings, lots of them. And we all we did was basically took that concept and said, okay, how can we do take this concept and make sure that it's now affordable for these people? And we built a, and it was one of the most successful projects for us yeah. there as well because we started off selling from hundred and nine to hundred twenty nine thousand yeah. dollars. That's unthinkable. <laughs> yeah. of, you know what what we were able to sell for in today's world. <clears throat> and the thing is, you get pride of ownership. You know. <clears throat> I just drove by the building a couple of weeks ago and I look at the cars that are in front and looks like it's fully occupied. The building looks really nice. You know, it is a, uh, it's a credit to you to build it. And I, I don't think the city, city though wants to build more of them, right? No, the, the, because their, their thinking is that, the planner's thinking is that if you build too many of these small units, it's going to become a ghetto. I don't believe that. I believe that you're building a much smarter community, more environmentally friendly community, because, you know, I was in Surrey City Hall last week and I saw a, a writing on the wall, literally a writing on the wall by one of the car share program. It says, every one of these cars places 10 cars on the road. Yeah. Said, wow. I thought it was five, <laughs> but they said it's 10. They're in the business, yeah. so they know. So. We are. We have to be more environmentally friendly. Yeah. We can't keep on putting cars on the road. 
Huh? Public transportation is environmentally friendly. It is mostly electric. So basically there's no pollution to it. Yeah. So it is happening. All the shared car programs, most of them are electric now as well. That makes sense. There's no question. Well, certainly BC Housing agreed because they gave you an excellence in innovative housing award for the microsuite building. But that's really only one. How many units were that? Only 56. So 56 out of some almost 800 units. That's right. In, the, in, in total. But you're also planning to maybe go into the high-rise world? Not maybe. We are going to be doing that next year. Uh, we will be going to do that next year. Uh, I think it's uh, important to take uh, advantage of the location to densify and provide commercial. So our thoughts are, which is basically we provide a bedroom community with the commercial space at the bottom. So that becomes their living yeah. and dining room and they go and live upstairs. It's not about the size anymore. It's about owning a piece of real estate, being able to live in your own space and then have the pleasure of walking to everything. And I think that's where we are going with it. Um, How many units would be possible? To we are looking at somewhere around about 12, 1300 units so far. Uh, it may increase depending on how far we go with the height um, uh, allowances. So with the new mayor and council in, in Surrey right now, they are looking for more density. So we may actually increase the height of the buildings, but we are looking at somewhere about 12, 1300 uh, units. But once that's built, <coughs> that has changed the whole flavor of that whole side of Wally in a dramatic fashion, because that's even closer to the transportation, isn't it? Yeah, uh, so I think what will happen is when you start building a community which has commercial space on the ground level, it changes the flavor totally because now it's more um, uh, user-friendly. Uh, the streets are animated, so yeah. people are walking all around. One of the streets which we are creating in the uh, in the two buildings that we or three buildings we're putting in, we're actually call, going to be calling it a pedestrian uh, street. Yeah, it's a street, so cars can still go on it, but the limit it'll be only limited to emergency vehicles. So that street will be built a street but it'll be like an open, so it's a promenade for the area. Well, that concept is actually very European. I mean, in Europe, there isn't a street that doesn't have commercial on it. My hometown is Cologne, and for 25, oh, probably 45 years, the whole downtown area has no cars. The people are just used to parking on the edge of the environment, and then they walk and shop and, and live, and, and uh, it's, there's, there's no cars at all in sight. And, I think we're going that way, right? That we are need to, and that was your thinking already, of course, several years ago, that you have to have accommodation close to transportation. I love the idea of the walking road in your development. Yeah, I, th I think um, uh, with the pedestrian road um, promenade, I mean, I've seen in several cities, my main uh, one, which I always love whenever I go down to visit my daughter in Santa, um, Santa Monica, it's, it's a wonderful environment. They actually have now set up little uh, coffee shops and restaurants right in the middle of the road. Yeah. And this animated, there's uh, yeah. uh, all sorts of entertainment. I mean, their weather is different than ours, yeah. but we'll be, we will be able to do things in our, even in our weather that is going to be really uh, exciting for, for the people who are going to move into the area. Now, whether they're tenants or whether they're owners, it doesn't really matter. And we're looking at a new generation of people who don't care for big backyards and front yard. They don't yeah. want to have, they want to be able to enjoy it. You know, when, when I asked my daughter to come up with a name for our new building, which is the Balance, uh, 
And at that point, we didn't know what to call it. So I called her up and said, honey, yeah. this is what we're doing. Yeah. <laughs> and she said, um, uh, balance. Yeah. So I said, uh, because every name has to have a reason why it's been done. And she, she said, balance. I said, you got to explain what this balance is. She said, we like to enjoy our life. Yes. We, we like to have a balanced life. We, we like live, work, and play. Right. It's what we like to do. So we don't do, like if it's one person, two people living in a condo, we're not going to do a lot of cooking because yeah. it's cheaper to go and to a restaurant to get some food right. and eat there and join other friends. So what we do is we call a bunch of friends, do you want to come and eat? So we go to a restaurant yeah. and we eat together. So I think having those type of facilities in the area is very important. And that's what we are up to right now is planning those um, uh, live um, venues. Right where people can actually be um, um, uh, in touch with each other. Yeah. We don't want to build an isolated yeah. city. The city of Vancouver is now, by, uh, by a number of studies, have been known as a, a very lonely city mm -hmm. because they have not given that, that concept together. Unlike Yale Town, Yale Town has all the commercial all dancers. Flavor, yeah. They have that flavor. Yeah. But other parts of Vancouver doesn't have that. You're so right. I mean, I live in Yale Town, and we only moved back there, I guess, about three or four years ago, and there's 40 restaurants and lots of things to choose from. But, you know, when you look, and, and we've come as a country, we have moved out of town, right? We moved into the suburbs. And then you live in a beautiful house, but you don't know your neighbors anymore, right? And you do need the car to get there. And then, well, we moved into the small town because we wanted to see more cows. And we realized we wanted to see the cows, but we didn't want to smell them, right? So there's actually a drive underway of people moving back to town and moving back and without all the appendages of maybe two cars or three cars for families sometimes and into developments that something like you uh, develop. Now, on that road to get to the stage now, what lessons did you learn? Um, don't. Uh, don't listen to the naysayers. Yeah, that's you know, the big one. There's a, there's a lot of people out there who will tell you what's wrong in the world. Um, focus on wh what you are. If you truly believe in what you're doing is the right thing, go for it. Don't 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 turn around. And I've had many people tell me, you know, you're going cuckoo or something, developing <laughs> Wally. And it's not that I want to prove them wrong. I don't listen to them. I don't. Yeah. I, it goes from one ear to the other ear. I mean, there isn't much in, in the between my two ears anyway. But <laughs> it goes through really fast. And um, I think having the um, the determination and being focused. And and I think if you if one can stay focused on where they want to go, one will reach its goals. And I, I'm a perfect believer um, in that. I, I think um, anything I've done, put my mind to it in the past, and I hope we we'll continue to do so, um, we will achieve. Yeah, and that's, you know, well, Napoleon Hill says, whatever the mind can conceive and believe, it will achieve, right? And so that believing portion. But I remember the, the old mayor, who's now become the new mayor, actually walked the site with you, right, uh, at the time when you were assembling, really, this very large piece of land. And uh, you were telling me some of the challenges. You even went to collect some of the rents yourself to see what, peop what kind of people lived in, in the general area. Isn't that right? Uh, yeah. yeah, that was an in interesting time because um, one, I'm a little bit nervous because there's too many naysayers telling me. Yeah. So I did have a meeting with the Mayor Diane Watts at that time. And um, um, she was very encouraging uh, to continue on with the development, which we did. 
and um, making a call to Doug McCallum, who is now the mayor, right. was a very important one because he actually was the one who started the cleaning the area up. So he had a right. three-strike system. Basically, you have a drug house, he's going to give you one strike, don't do it. Second strike, no. Third strike, he's going to bring the bulldozer down and knock the house down. <laughs> that was it. So <laughs> I had the consequence. <laughs> yeah, I had the pleasure of um, meeting with him. I called him up. I said, uh, uh, Mr. Mr. McCollum, you know, this is what you've done. I'd love to meet with you. Yeah. He was very courteous and actually showed up on site. Uh, and uh, told me what he's done. It certified my thoughts even more that there was it, a future there. There's a there's a future here. There is there are people out there who believe uh, mentally this is this needs a change. It will have the change. All it needed was somebody to guide it to make it happen. And I, I suppose we were the perfect um, candidate to drive it through. And our belief certified more and more as we sold every building in record uh, yeah. time. Yeah, I mean, the first building, 140 units, we sold in four hours. <laughs> Second building, 116 units, we sold in 67 minutes flat. <laughs> and that's not doing any pre-sale. That was the one day yeah. I was in the back, people writing off at the front, and I was assigning for 67 minutes. Well, that, just, that just proved that you, you were right. People were supporting you with their money. They said, hey, I, I get it. You know, I'm close to transportation. The price is right. The area is good. And you created a little community, a little park and playgrounds and all that in the, in the, uh, inside the building. So now who else helped you in the development process or the redevelopment process? I think everybody. I think everybody's been amazing. I, th I think they see... Um, see us that see us as somebody who was missing out of that area somebody who who they needed somebody to guide to guide it so yeah. we had community behind us <clears throat> absolutely phenomenal community we have third generation people living in the neighborhood the mayor and uh, council uh, diane watts was amazing uh, instrumental in helping us sp speed the things uh, the application through fast um the city staff uh, um, our bankers, amazing, um, yeah. um, a bunch of people that they believed in my dream and they followed with it and then we proved them that they, they bet on the right horse, right. per se. And because every building was pre-sold 100%. I mean, as you're aware of it, uh, the last building, which was Maverick, um, 125 units, we sold in less than seven hours. <laughs> And uh, again, and that's in 2018. At that's, that's, that's just a few a, months ago. That's different prices than the original buildings uh, we're at, right? Isn't oh it? hell, yeah. yeah. Oh hell, yeah. It's 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 been a, a, a amazing, and people still look at it. Oh, maybe you did something different. Maybe you did. No, no, no. We just did a simple marketing campaign. We didn't even do any print media out there. We just reached out to people who believe in Wally and. People came and they bought, and uh, we're just uh, closing on our last building, which is venue, 141 units. It's closing, is happening as we speak. Right, right. And I'm closing mine next week. There you go. <laughs> so, you know, you brought in a whole bunch of friends and yeah. family and bought in there as well. And um, they've seen a tremendous growth, even the, before they paid for it. Yeah, it's quite So cool. I'm, I'm actually going to be sending a letter <laughs> to every each one of them. Can I get some money back? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it's it's no, there's no question that, uh, that but everything that's new uh, um, 
takes some driver, it takes a driving force. Sometimes I see an outsider coming in and saying, hey, how come this, nobody did this before? You, you see that vision, you know, I mean, and, and that has been your strength. But also I noticed the team you have built, you know, you seem to really close your, your construction crew and, and uh, you know, you have your son working with you, but everybody in the group seems to be professional and caring, right? You can talk to everybody. It's not sitting on your high horse in a downtown high-rise uh, directing traffic. You're right in the middle of it. I think it, it, having a vision is one thing. Having a team to carry out that vision is another. Yeah. As I mentioned, the city, the city staff, the community, the bankers, they're all on board. But if my team is not on board, it's not gonna happen. So our team believes in, in what we're doing. We are they, they they don't talk negative at all. Mm -hmm. uh, there are of course there are challenges like anything is. I mean you wake up in the morning, yeah you don't feel so good, but you got to make yourself feel good, right? Mm -hmm. So there's always challenges, and we do have a phenomenal team. It, I don't call them my employee; they're part of my family, extended right. family, and uh, it's important. And I treat them like the same way as well. And uh, yeah, I do have one of my boys working with me, but yeah. we we've got uh, our controller, Pete the Stringer. I mean, he's with me for 17 years. Yeah, yeah. You know, um, Franco, who's in charge of our construction, at, you know, he, I think he's been with 14, 15 years. Yeah. You know, so we do have long-term uh, people who are working with us, and they all believe, and it's, it's a wonderful feeling when you complete a building and you stand across the road and you admire what you've done. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Well, that's why I keep telling you, I think, you know, it shouldn't be Volley Boulevard or, or Volley Boulevard Center, whatever. You should have a tin shear or Sharan area, or if it was me. But the thing is, like, I all my all my life have been in the sales and marketing thing. So I've I've marketed a lot of buildings and redeveloped. But you built something new. You stomped it out of the ground. You really can be proud of. You stand across the street and says, "I did this," right? And then you have new visions like high rises. My goodness, and and gross and but always with the community at heart and that sort of I think is unique because everybody's always down on Wally just like they were down on other areas you saw something here there's a history the guy came and built a little grocery store and then you know brought people here and now into Surrey somewhat 1,000 odd people a month's move here the city center has the Union University all of that stuff and your development is right in the middle of it on the forefront of it so yeah, no, I, I, th I think there's a lot going for us. I think um, um, having the, uh, the opportunity to take such a large piece of land um, and then develop actually a complete community. And we are very, very much fabric of the community. We get involved in pretty much everything. I sit on um, uh, an advisory committee for RCMP. I, I'm on uh, one of the board of directors at uh, Surrey uh, Downtown Business Improvement Association. I participate and a member of the Surrey uh, Board of Trade. Uh, so I do get involved with a lot of little community events as well because I feel it's important for, uh, anyway, I feel it important for me that as a developer, I just don't sell condos. I actually build a community up and know the people, yeah. know what they feel. You're part of it. Yeah, yeah. And, and then whoever's coming into the area, we want them to be part of the area as well. Yeah. I mean, uh, so everything we do is about the people that move or invest into our projects because they're the future generations of that area. Now, whether they're, rent, whether they're uh, investors, whether they move in, they are part of that community. Yeah. And I think it's very important to 
make that happen. And if I was to just sell the units and move on to the next one, the next one, mm-hmm. I don't know whether me as a, as a developer, I would feel good about it. I, I certainly feel good about it and I can boast about it that this is what I do. Well, um, I, I think it's, it's so true when you, when you look at each individual building. I mean, you have extra security that you started in the quarter, I think, uh, at one point. You have, you built a pressurized hallway. So if I cook my good old German sausages and you cook your Indian food, our smells stay inside the suite. You have a nine foot ceilings in your unit, which is sort of used to be the luxury unit of Vancouver. And some of them have 10 feet, you know, in, in the units. And so when, uh, when all the things that you do, whether you have, uh, you know, the center of where all your electronics goes so it's easier to put in your router for, for you're part of the new world and people that live there realize that, that this developer has been thinking about how I will live in this this suite. Well that's exactly I mean we've tried to build everything we ever have done in the past and hope in the, the future is that if I ever ended up having to live in that community I will feel happy about it. Right. So like the Maverick project we've designed uh, absolutely amazing ground floor um, entertainment uh, community yeah, space yeah. so it not only is the indoor but outdoor so it kind of flows outdoor as well it's a beautiful uh, the venue building which people are moving in now it's got two and a half thousand square feet of roof rooftop and fabulous views and a barbecue it's and, I mean, absolutely amazing yeah. like i i was actually surprised when i did a tour of the finished building about two weeks ago and I thought, wow, I think I undersold this building. Because <laughs> oh, if, there's no doubt about that. Yeah, because it, it, it's, 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 you know, it feels so nice to have that community space and yeah. all the people who live in it yeah. will be able to have that space for themselves to enjoy. Yeah. And so even if you had a smaller unit, you're really very easy to enjoy the, the space of living uh, that you've created for yeah. everybody else. Ozzy, uh, today, in today's world, it's not about how big of a unit it is. Yeah. It's how functional it is and what the other facilities are in the building. Yeah. So in the venue building, we have a, a really nice gym space. Yeah. We have upstairs like a yoga room, an entertainment room on the roof deck yeah. and the roof deck as well. So it's, um, I, I think putting those elements into the buildings make it much more livable. Forget this, this you know, you want a 20 by 20 bedroom. Yeah. Waste of, yeah. I mean, I'm building my own house and people taken through I take some some relatives and friends through my house, which is under construction. My bedrooms are small. Yeah. On a, on a big house, they're small well, we because don't, I don't. We believe. don't live in the bedroom. Yeah, so bedroom you go and yeah. relax and go to sleep, whereas you want the entertainment. So we're acting the same way in our new buildings. We want to make sure their living space is beautiful. Yeah. So look, this is a great, uh, great journey, and it's still a great journey. And a lot of challenges. Was it worth some of the pain that you suffered through through the early stages? I think it makes it, it makes one stronger. Um, you know, when we, if, if you remember way back, we had a fire about eight years ago. One yeah, of our buildings was yeah. uh, under construction in the, in the insulation stages, and roughly about twelve million dollar worth of work was wow. done. Yeah. And, uh, and a fire happened. It burnt the building down in front of my eyes in one hour. Wow. You know, I mean, talk about uh, something sad happening to you, something terrible happened oh, yeah. to you. Yeah. You know, you did, like I was literally half a block away, I could feel the heat in my face. Wow. Yeah. You know, 
and we were all I know a couple of my staff was actually in tears because yeah. we have so much emotional attachment sure. to our developments and I had to hold my tears back because you know when you see 12 million dollars being burnt right in front of your eyes it's it's, it's hard on you the media of course you know they, they want to hit you and they want to paint the negative stories about it and I said basically I was put in front of the media by my PR company they said Chandra you got to talk to them I said what am I talking I'm, I'm, I'm gonna cry I says then cry for heaven's sake yeah, you know sure. if you are if you're emotional you're emotional what are you gonna do sure, about it right sure. so I went in front of the media and said this is what's happened and uh, it's unfortunate the best thing that happened tonight is that nobody got hurt right nobody got killed which is right. the best thing that can ever happen because last thing I want to do is somebody get killed in that fire oh, yeah, terrible. Uh, that didn't happen and the question was what are you gonna do now and my answer my answer was I'm gonna rebuild it right and everybody rallied behind you your and staff the workers the and team. we had absolutely amazing support from our trades we had a large meeting with our trades people gathered them up in a big room and in fact at the Flamingo Hotel and uh, said this is what's happened guys what are we gonna do are you guys all gonna help me out build it up and at that time I did break down and I'm ready to break down now actually <laughs> um, oh, but it was it was a tough time and uh, and everybody said Chen step back yeah. you look after the city permits and financing let us do the building yeah. I did not step back into the building till it was in drywall state believe yeah. me I was, took back I was to where it was. Uh, yeah. yeah, to where it was because yeah. I was scared. I, I was yeah. um, internally, oh, it gave me a very bad feeling. But city, the mayor, the council, our, uh, our uh, consultant, our trades, our bank, I mean, yeah. basically everybody was behind it, even the buyers, and saying, What? So we'll wait. This happened, we'll wait. Yeah. You know? And you rebuild it in record time. You know? Yeah, so we made our uh, insurance company very happy because we were uh, we built the building at, at certain cost. We saved some money to to what we were allowed to spend on our um, rebuild, and so everybody it, yeah. it was a win-win. Uh -huh. But what came out of it at the end of the day is that you truly see at the at that time in in that sense of time that there is a lot of good out there. Yeah, a lot of good out yeah. there. And people forget that. People just focus on those that five percent. Yeah, it yeah. seems today it's that we, we need more of, of focus, focusing on the good, you know, focusing on the on the future. And you came through a, a tough time, and it helped you to have all these people around you and all these different agencies to say, hey, let's rebuild it. And yeah, and that's, it's, that's what happened. It's been an amazing, amazing journey. Uh, I am uh, stronger for it. Uh, my community. Uh, my team, uh, my family, everybody's much stronger for it because yeah. we came through that time because there was a number of people around me who said, Sharon, you're going to go bankrupt right now. And I said, step out of my way. <laughs> yeah. You know what? And, you know, the insurance company came through really fast and uh, looked after us and, um, and rebuilt the building. Uh -huh. And uh, since then you built another 150 or 200 yeah. units. and. Uh, well, the, the big thing is, I, I know that you have uh, also a great uh, feeling about your body. You, you were into bodybuilding and you were, and that takes uh, goals and that takes, uh, you know, um, well, a plan, you know, how, how am I going to look, what I want to do. And I think you've transferred that into the rest of your life as well. So what would be the, the final advice you want to give to our listeners? 
I think um, uh, my bottom line is stay focused. Yeah. Stay focused. Uh, don't listen to the naysayers. You are going to, if you're going to uh, listen to the news all the time, yeah. that's all you're going to get conditioned. You're going to, they're going to tell you that five people died in Africa. Reality is, yes, they are. We're sad. These things happen around the world. But how much does it really affect your day-to-day -day life? How much does it affect your family? How much does it affect your financial well-being? And how much more important, how much does it affect your mental health? All right. If you concentrate always on this barrage of bad news. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, it's sad, you know, the way the media is, 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 it does things. And I think if media, every day they do tell us stories which are happening in bad around the world. And it's good to know what's going on in the world because it's important. We, we can maybe influence some things, want some sure. changes ourselves. I wish the media would at the, at the end of every news cast or something. Just throw in some positive things which <laughs> human beings have done. <laughs> well, the old story is, you know, uh, um, the, uh, the, we have always two ways to look at things, right? That we, we always looking, the negative seems to get us more involved. It's not, you can't win any brownie points on ratings if you talk about nice things. And yet, that's what we all need a heck of a lot more. I like your thought about being focused, focused in a positive way. You know, it's not just uh, positive thinking, but you have to have, a, a, you call it a clear path. And you've had this uh, certainly in Wally for way before what it is now. And I know that under your direction, it'll do fabulous t things into the future. So thank you so much for coming and joining me. And uh, uh, as we always say at the end of our podcast, live your life large. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much.